From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesa on the fan on this Monday, the 17th day of the month of December. Busy show for you today as we will have both Eli and the head coach today. Um, as we, the days dwindle, we're a week away from Christmas Eve, so you're in the height now of the uh, holiday season. Uh, a couple of weeks left in the year, that's it. And for all intents and purposes, and for and week 15 was a, a one that moved things in a lot of different directions in the NFL, but it was a weird week, uh, that's for sure, uh, and a defining week in a lot of ways. Ended the Giants' season for any reason, if you had any dream, which it was a fleeting one. Uh, and the division took a real weird turn last night with that Eagle win and the Cowboys getting shut out. Giants and Cowboys getting shut out on the same day, which had never happened. The Eagles coming up with an incredibly stunning, surprising win uh, as they did, and the Rams taking a big step backward. And they have – their quarterback has, they have, their coach has. They've taken an enormous step back in the last couple of weeks, uh, the Rams. I mean, uh, incredibly, they've stepped backwards. Uh, and the Eagles – with Foles showed a little, uh, an, an incredible amount of life, a surprising amount of life uh, with that win last night. But we begin with the Giants, and it was as ugly as the day, as bad as the weather looked, as bad as the day looked. That's how bad the Giants looked. And the Titans came in, and here's what their head coach decided, who understands practical football. We're bigger, we're stronger. It's a lousy day, and we are just going to kick the tar out of the Giants. And they did on both sides of the football. The Giants look, you know how in Pop Warner, one kid's like massively bigger than everybody else, and all the kids like hold on to each leg and try to tackle him? That's how it looked like when the Giant D-backs tried to tackle Henry yesterday. It looked like they were, they looked like they were like five years younger than playing in a league where the guy, one guy's five years older than everybody else and so much bigger than anybody else. They look like elves trying to hold on for dear life, being thrown off right and left. I mean, they must have hit him behind a line of scrimmage like five or six times where they, he just threw them off. And off he went on his merry chase. And that was their whole game. Here, we're going to hand it to Henry. We don't have to block you guys. We'll just run through you. And the Giants miss tackle after tackle after tackle. I mean, let's just check it off. Head coach, lousy day. Out of challenges in the first quarter. <laughs> before the second quarter. You can't be out of challenges before the game starts. You know, you can't, you can't go in a game in the NFL thinking you're going to challenge every play because if you do, you don't have any challenges. What if you get a big play? <laughs> you know, don't be challenging 10-yard decisions. you got to save something when it comes to challenges. Otherwise, you're out of challenges early. He's out of challenges by the time the second quarter started. Quarterback, not a good day. They didn't block for him. They played a stronger team. They didn't block for him. They got blown up at the line of scrimmage. He had trouble with the wet ball a couple of times. And listen, if you look around this league, I don't care if your name is Brady. I don't care if you whatever your name is a quarterback. If you don't get protection, you make lousy looking plays. That's just the way this league is. And that's what you got out of Eli yesterday. He made lousy looking plays. He had two turnovers. He has not turned the ball over a lot this year. He made it, and he actually could have had more yesterday. He threw a couple of balls up for grabs. He got frustrated, no question. He had some drops, threw some bad balls. So Eli had a bad game. Check him off. Wide receivers dropped about seven balls. Drop, check them off. The offensive line got back to its old days. Check that off. 
Running back found out what happens when you have no one blocking for you, and it's an inclement day against a bigger team. Check that off. He didn't have a good day either. Barkley's first really lousy-looking day. Defense, couldn't tackle. Penalties, check it off. So there's nobody left. Nobody. Maybe there was an usher in the stadium had a good day. I don't know. Maybe he had a nice day wiping off seats, you know, seating people. Maybe there was a guy there who wants to raise his hand. Nobody had a good day yesterday. It was just awful. That's how you get a zero. You got to work to get a zero in this league. They got a zero. And that day was a zero. That's it. That, that sums it up. That was the Giants' day yesterday. A zero. They played terribly. They haven't had a stinker in a while. That was a stinker. And Tennessee came in and said, you know what we can do? We can run it, and we can put pressure on your quarterback, and that's all we have to do. And they were right, and that's what they did. They blew up, they blew up the game at the line of scrimmage. They blew up the running game. They blew up the passing game. They forced the the quarterback into a couple of mistakes. They clamped down on the receivers. Receivers dropped balls when they had a chance to catch balls. And on defense, the Giants didn't tackle at all. This back, who was massively bigger than the Giants, uh, just basically ran through them like they weren't there. And when the Giants finally get a stop on the goal line, the kid gets a face mask penalty. So that's basically (laughs) just a dreadful face mask penalty. And Morgan's a terrible face pass penalty, which turns it in instead of 10 of them, it's 14 of them. So that's the kind of day it was yesterday. It was a weird day because it was a rare day where scoring was down all over the league. You just weren't, you know, the Cowboy game, they don't score. Imagine them not scoring against the Colts. 17-10 Steelers. If, if someone tells you it's 17-10 Steelers uh, and, and the Patriots, thinking, all right, it's first quarter. You're watching Aaron Rodgers even throwing picks yesterday. All right, ball got tipped. But again, it was a bad throw. He threw it behind them. If you could ever tell me that you could put Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham on the same field for that many games, and that could be their statistics. I would never believe it in a hundred years. They would collide into more balls than he's caught this year. I can, and he actually said it. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for him. That's how bad his year's been. You know how good Jimmy Graham is? He has not done anything. The Packers haven't done anything. I mean, there was a lot of weird games. Seahawks losing yesterday. Seahawks needed that game yesterday. They lose to the Niners yesterday. Strange. Really, really strange. Sets up some interesting games. And you know what happened yesterday, too? A lot of guys put themselves back in play as to their head coaching lives. Jason Garrett put himself right back on the griddle now with that performance. Right back, you know. You're going to be hearing more about the Oklahoma head coach now again with that performance. He put himself right back there. On Saturday night, the Denver coach put himself right. I mean, he went from beating the Chargers and the Steelers to losing to the Niners and the Browns. Put himself right, probably put himself out the door, as a matter of fact. 
if I throw Saturday in, if you heard this on the app yesterday, uh, then you heard it already. If not, my theory on, theme on Sunday morning was the two guys you watched on Saturday are going to be playing on Saturday for uh, Sunday for the next 15 years. You're going to be watching those two quarterbacks battle. You're going to be watching uh, both quarterbacks taking one, two in a draft. You're going to be watching them as they're going to be around for a long time. And the Jets are facing the biggest offseason I can ever remember them facing because the quarterback is there. He's ready. He's ready to win. He's ready to step in. You have to get him a head coach. You got a ton of money to spend. You got to have a top drafting position. You're never going to be in a better position to put talent on the field. So what you do next year will establish whether you are a real contender or not starting next year where you should move to 10 wins on the innocent climb and then begin your playoff assault in the years to come behind what is a franchise quarterback who can take you to the promised land any year he's here. Donald is the real deal. I've been telling you that since the day he got here. He is the real deal, and he is ready to take you there. you got to put the players around him. You have the money to spend. You're 90 million plus under the cap. You're going to be drafting in a tremendous position. Everything is open to the Jets. They have got to get the coach in place and bring him a play caller he can work with, a quarterback coach who can develop him, and put the pieces around him. And the Jets can be a forward factor, postseason factor for the next six, seven, eight years with this quarterback. You never know if somebody's going to get hurt. We understand that. But that aside, the Jets' future is now, and it's ready. And that's how big this postseason is. And I don't know if Williams has a chance to get the Cleveland job or not. I don't know what the owner there is thinking. A lot of times he has shown he doesn't think at all, but let's see if he's thinking this time. I, and he's a hard guy to hand to 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 get a, your arms around, Greg Williams, because he's a, you know, he's not for everybody. He's a loud somewhat obnoxious, very overconfident coach. But he's done a good job there since he's taken over. He's got it, the quarterback. The quarterback's playing well. The defense is, I mean, they actually have a better defense right now than the Jets do. But the Jets got a couple of pieces in place. They got the safeties in place. They got the quarterback in place. They got to go from there and add the pieces. And as Donald showed you, as he took a quantum leap forward and showed you everything you want to see the other night. And the only reason they just didn't win that game was they couldn't handle one player on the floor. They couldn't handle Hopkins. If they could have handled Hopkins, they would have won the game. They did everything else. They got the Texans off the field on third down. They sacked the quarterback. They forced the quarterback into bad throws. They just couldn't handle Hopkins. They could not handle him at all. He was the reason why the Texans won. And obviously the typical penalties and everything else, but, but that's why the Texans won. But the Jets, you got to be excited right now. Now, for Giants fans, I don't know why anybody would think Eli Manning's not going to play these last two games. He's going to play these last two games. The Giants, uh, the Giants are going to try to win these games. They have the Dallas Cowboys the last game. They go to the Colts this week. This guy's 5-8. and eight. He's going to try and, I mean, 5-9. and nine. He's going to try and go 7-9. and nine. Why? Because if you had his lifetime record, you're going to try and go 7-9. and nine. 
That's all there is to it. He's going to quarterback these games. The question is now, is he going to quarterback next year? That's the question. That is the question. It's a question I asked him a couple weeks ago. It's the question that he will have to answer every week, and, and he can dodge it through the end of this season. And they're eventually going to have to make a decision here. See, the one thing I don't think the Giants should do when it comes to Eli, I think they should either decide, we're going, Eli, we're paying him next year, realize our quarterback, we're not drafting a quarterback next year, and we're moving on. If they're going to draft the first team, if they're going to draft the first-round quarterback, either trade up and get him or trade, and, get, and we don't know what their draft position is yet exactly. We know it's going to be pretty good. We don't know yet every quarterback who's going to be confirmed into this draft. If they are going to take a high-pick quarterback, then I think you should play him immediately. I'm a believer in that. I don't think you should wait. I think you should play him. That would tell me that you don't have Eli on the, on the roster. If you want to bring a veteran quarterback in for a year and play hold the fort, and then you'll go get a quarterback in the years to come, then bring him in. But the thing I think that you shouldn't do is bring a quarterback in either as a number one pick or as a guy like a Foles or a Bridgewater or somebody like that. And Foles could write another story here that all of a sudden makes him very different. He might not be available the way things are going, because there's a little something going on there with Foles, as we found out again last night. But if you're going to do that, the one thing I think that it would be a mistake of the highest order would be to say, oh, we're going to bring another quarterback in, and then we're going to have a battle for the quarterback position. I think that is a, with an Eli Manning, that of his, someone who has had his career here, I think that is a... Mistake of the highest order. That will not work out well. Do not create that kind of situation where you're going to battle it out. We'll go below what we see. That will be such a nightmare because Eli being one of the guys. When a guy's got a legacy here like Eli has, you cannot do that. I, I think that's where you cannot play that game. I think it's different. Handling him is different than handling just anybody. So I think you have to make a decision if you're the Giants. And I think the smartest thing the Giants have to do is make a decision by the time this season ends. Either he's our guy and we'll go forward next year, or he's not our guy and we'll go get someone else next year and he's going to be released. One or the other. I would not play it halfway and say, I'm going to bring a guy in and let him challenge Eli for the job. I think that's a big mistake. I think that will turn out to be a nightmare. You'll wind up with just a mess, a complete mess. Training camp will be a mess. It's a bad way to evaluate training camp. It's not what training camp's for. Training camp's where you go in to decide who the quarterback is. It's a terrible training camp's. You want to have a quarterback hierarchy when you go to camp. Now, injuries can always change everything. We understand that. But that's what you want. Here's our plan. So I think they have to decide whether he's their quarterback next year and they will wait a year to go elsewhere or they're going to go make a move, whether it's for a hold-the-fort guy or for a first-rounder. And if they want to draft a first-rounder, I think they have every right to do that, but I think you jettison Eli. And you give him his walking papers, and if he wants to go to Jacksonville or Miami or somewhere else to play next year, that's his prerogative. 
Do I think you like is still playing this week? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, if you watch all the games, and I do, it's the same all over the league. When you don't protect the quarterback, they make mistakes. Watch the Ram quarterback the last few weeks. He has been atrocious. You watch Drew Brees against the Cowboys. He was throwing the ball into, into the ground. Even Tom Brady the last couple of weeks. You see some of the throws he's made? These guys put under duress will make mistakes. Look how many times Prescott has fumbled the ball this year. Young, mobile, athletic quarterback. He's fumbled the ball all season. And on a day when Eli did not play well, you say he did not. And the rainy did not play well. He had two bad turnovers. He had some bad throws. I mean, listen, Mariano had a, a ton of them too. But, I mean, it was a tough day to play quarterback. understand that. Uh, but we know that if you block the play, I mean, Eli can throw with anybody. That's not an issue. You can get the job done. And he can drive you down the field at the end of the games. He's been his forte his whole life. Can you win with him? Absolutely, if you can protect him. But you got to you got to protect. You got you got to prove you can build the offensive line, which is something the Giants have not been able to prove since for three years now. They can they can figure out the offensive line because they've done they've swung at it like three times and missed every time. But if they want to move on, that's their prerogative. They have every right to do that. But I don't want a situation where it's halfway. Where, oh, we're going to draft a guy. We might draft a guy in the first round. Then he and he like him battle. No, no, that's not what you're looking for. And don't ask you to let it teach him how to play. It's not, it's not what he wants to do. You either have a quarterback or you go out and get a quarterback. One or the other. Can't halfway it. And I don't think they're ready to make that decision. They're not ready to say no to Eli for next year. They, were, they refuse to do that. I'll bring it up to uh, the head coach when he's on again tomorrow. Uh, today, rather. He'll be, uh, Pat will be on today at 4 o'clock. We will, we'll talk to him about that in just a little while. Eli at five. So if you're a Jet fan, you had great promise from this weekend, but you know you're getting a new head coach. The question now on the table is, is McCagnan the guy who is going to make all these decisions? That's the first decision the Jets have to make. Who is making these decisions? Who is going to bring in all this talent? Who is going to put the team around the franchise Quarterback, you have the piece. The, the elusive piece is there. What you hope and dream about. The, Giants, the Jets have a 21-year-old franchise quarterback. He's 21. He's got the perfect temperament to play here for 15 years. He's unflappable. He's talented. He's tough. He's got everything you would want. Put the pieces around him and it'll be a sweet ride. But now, you gotta do it. First decision. Who makes the decisions? That's first up for the Johnsons. Are they giving McCagden the right to hire the coach and pick the players? And if they're not, then who's the guy? And tell me this: How are they getting the guy? You're gonna go get a. You're gonna go hire a, a bunch of headhunters to give you a list now to pick your general manager. Great. That's how you got Idzik. 
So would I keep McCagnan? You're asking me. Yes, I would. I have seen enough. Has it been perfect? No. Have I seen enough? Yes. I think he's a solid football guy. I think he can pick the coach. I would want him to pick a coach with head coaching experience for this job. I've already talked to you about that. I have a certain kind of coach in mind. I'm not picking a coordinator. I don't want the flavor of the month. I don't want the coordinator of the month. I don't want any of that. I don't want the guesswork. Coordinators are guesswork. That's all they are. Now, when you pick a guy who's already won a Super Bowl, has it happened that he's not that he's won another Super Bowl? No. But you're not selling your soul to one of these. See, you don't have to sell your soul guys there this year. The sell the soul guys are not there. There's not a Gruden there. There's not a Cower there. There's not a Jimmy Johnson or Parcells there. There's not a Gibbs there. Those are your sell your soul to the guy. You're giving him everything. You're giving him the entire franchise. You're hiring a head coach. That's a McCarthy, a Harbour, someone like that, an Arians, someone like that who's a proven winner, who's a proven program leader, who can handle the job, can develop the quarterback, and can win. No ifs, no ands, no buts this year. No guesswork on the coach. They have enough to do. McCagnan has enough to do. I want a guy who's going to help him pick the players. Harbour, McCarthy, the Arians would do that. I like Arians for this job. He doesn't seem to want this job. McCarthy would not be my first choice for New York. The only thing that bothers me about McCarthy, it's not football, it's, it's the town. I think it's not the right town for him. Terry told you I like him in Tampa. I think that'd be a perfect offense for him. I think that'd be a perfect town for him. Harbaugh would interest me. I want to know who his offensive coordinator is. That's a big part. He's a special teams coach who's a, a proven winner. He's a program leader. He's a builder. He's a, he's a winner. I just want to know who the offensive coordinator is. I don't want guesswork with the coach if I'm the Jets. And they have a lot to do. And they have a great opportunity at their doorstep. They have, think about it. Look where they're drafting. Look how much money they have. And look at the quarterback they have. If they can't win now, they will never win. And McCagnan last year put them in a position to get the quarterback that would give them a chance to win. That's why he gets to come back. And they did it. They got the quarterback, and that's what you got to do. You got to have the quarterback, and they do. Now they have him, and that's why when you get the quarterback, you hope that you can, in a decade, what you hope for is what you've gotten out of these quarterbacks, which means you hope you can get two two Super Bowls in a lifetime out of these guys. Let's be honest. If you look, Eli Manning is as good as you get it ever gets. Two Super Bowl. Uh, wins, both upsets against a legendary squad, two Super Bowl MVPs. That's all you're going to get in a lifetime. Drew Brees, he's won a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. Hall of Famers, a Super Bowl. Roethlisberger has won two Super Bowls. Hasn't played particularly well in the postseason, but he's sure played well in the regular season. 
Rivers, yet to have a Super Bowl, has had a really good career, hasn't been at a Super Bowl. Maybe this is his year. You hope, you hope you can get two in a lifetime. If Sam Donald, between now and the day he calls it a quits, wins two Super Bowls with the Jets, he did his job. More than did his job. That's all you can hope for in a career. In a career, that's all you can hope for is you win two Super Bowls. You can never ask somebody to do more than that. In the span of a career, because if you look, how many guys have even done that? You know, you can get a, a run like Troy did and be in a team that has just so loaded the last dynasty before all the all the rules changed for personnel. That was the last dynasty, the Cowboys, and he won three Super Bowls. Remember, he won three of them right in a row, won three of them in four years. Brady and Belichick have been together a very long time. Obviously, they've won more. They're the unusual case. They've also had a ball bounce a couple. They've had things go their way quite a bit. And remember, they don't go to Super Bowl when they don't have the games in their building and in the playoffs. And this year, it looks like they're not going to have that. They don't win playoff games on the road. You know, go look it up. But that's what you're looking for. You're looking to build a team now that over the next decade allows Sam to win two Super Bowls. With that, you're hoping six or seven playoff trips in that 10 years. A couple of years that go up and down. A couple of years you get locked out. Maybe you get locked out at 10 and 6 once. Or six or seven playoff trips in the decade, two Super Bowls. If you get that, you've had your run. Now put that franchise, put that together for him because he's good enough to give you that. That's what you're hoping for. So it's been a lot to do. We'll have Sherman. We'll have Eli. We got a lot of football to talk about. The giant, we got some Mets stuff to get to as they get themselves a catcher. Not the catcher they wanted. And listen, they've sworn, they went after Real Muto last March. Couldn't get him. They went after Real Muto this year. Did everything they could to get him. Couldn't get him. But they really didn't want to trade Sin to God. That wasn't what was in their heart. But they were just trying to figure out creative ways to get Riamuto. They couldn't do it. Finally, they backed off. Improved their catcher position. Didn't get what they didn't land what they wanted, but they did improve their catcher position. And the Yankees will begin the inevitable on Wednesday. It's almost, to me, been inevitable since the day the season ended that one of those big fish was going to land here. The inevitable starts Wednesday. Back after this.